This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Follow me. Over density. Organic gluten-free oats, organic dark chocolate, organic cane sugar, organic chocolate liquor. Well, everything's organic, so cocoa butter, sunflower, <laughs> that's not organic, organic vanilla extract, organic brown rice syrup, now the next thing's organic, palm shortening, cane sugar, brown sugar, coconut shreds, sorghum flour, Tapioca flour, potato starch, sea salt. Contains tree nuts. I saw the sunflower. You said sunflower, right? Yeah. I guess I'm not allergic to that. Palm oil sustainably sourced. Manufactured in the same facility as peanuts and tree nuts. Traces may be present. May contain pit fragments. Looks like this is manufactured in Minnesota. What we're talking about here are Heavenly Hunks Ridiculous Amazing Organic Oatmeal Dark Chocolate Gluten-Free Cookies. They're absolutely amazing, and I recommend you get them at your nearest Costco. They're amazing. Shout out, Cosadina. You got me onto these. Uh, they're addiction. They're crack in a bag that's resellable. <laughs> I think I've had <laughs> way more Which is a good thing, probably. <laughs> <laughs> way more than I should. They should put, like, a child lock on these. <laughs> yeah, they should. <laughs> Oh, man. Or make just the cookies infinitely far away. That's and the only thing it, stopping me. It keeps confusing me because it tastes like an oatmeal raisin cookie, but the first taste I get is like cookie batter. Yeah. I feel like, oh, it's like, oh, like I'm probably supposed to put this on a flat pan <laughs> into the oven. Yeah. But then you start chewing, you're like, oh, this actually tastes kind of like an already cooked cookie. Yeah, so lucky, definitely. my lucky day. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to finish eating yeah. this thing. <laughs> By the time you finish one, you where's the next? You're like, where's the next? But you're also content too. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're like, oh okay, it's good. And then yeah. all it takes is for one person to be like, you want another one? You want another one? <laughs> and it's like, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> that you never ask. Oh man, so good. All right, so yeah, shout out to uh, Big K who uh, brought in the uh, the goods here. This is Costco, right? This is this is Costco. Okay, it's not Trader Joe's. It's Trader no. Joe's like like cryptocurrency like last year now like no one's no one's all about Trader Joe's anymore. It's all about Costco's. Not out here in Queens. I don't think there's many Trader Joe's in other ways out here. I don't think there's one Trader Joe's in Queens. Maybe Forest Hills, but you're not getting anything in the immediate Queens area. That's for sure from a Trader Joe's no. perspective. No, here in Astoria. Excuse me, I got. Uh, I got Costco and I got City. 
City Fresh Markets open 24 hours. Yeah, you get you get your grocery stores for sure, but um, no TJs. They're, they're not packing anything at, at this level. No, no this I think I read fifteen organics out of that ingredient list. That's that's unheard of. And I mean, just like not that much sugar and what fifteen grams per per cookie. It's it's great. Speaking of sugar, they actually came out with a big study. Did you hear about it? I did not. It was like a thirty-four year study. 34, Thirty-four years. Yeah, like a like that a huge is a lifetime, longitudinal study. The lifetime of dedication to uh, the study. Yeah, and they said sugar sweetened drinks have some consequences when it comes to cardiovascular disease. And they found that increase in sugar consumption or sugar sweetened beverages (SSB) is what they use as the acronym. Uh, the link between SSB consumption and increased mortality risk was stronger in women than in men. The results also found that while moderate consumption of artificially sweetened beverage as an alternative to SSB did lower the risk of death slightly, drinking more than four artificially sweetened beverages per day was also associated with a higher risk of death. Uh, Damn. So I think... This is like tea, this is like, this is really like anything. Well, yeah, so to that point, yeah, it's uh, like sports drinks, I yeah. think, were part of it. Uh, juice, obviously. Juice, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is like anything that's not water. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, liquor. It's pretty much, I mean, there's not, you know, yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about, you know, like rum is technically sugar that's like, yeah. you know, an age, so... And there's this whole thing of like how sugar has traveled throughout Asia and you know wherever else. So it's kind of like an important thing that has been part of kind of human evolution, but maybe it's also been part of human. Uh, I don't know. Sugar's a strong. It's one hell of a drug. It's, it's a luxury food, kind of too, to be honest. Like totally you know, luxury. It's a drug food. Yeah, it's not like it's coffee. I would I would assume probably higher income countries tend to have more sugar than lower income countries. Yeah, probably said safe assumption. You know, it's more like a, it's more like a processed food. It's not like we're loading our own foods with sugar. Could add it, right? It's not like it's not like just the base thing. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. They're always coming out with new stuff that's gonna kill us. Like they, they like a whole bunch of like scientists just petitioned the UN about EMC safety, which stands for like electromagnetic safety like of Bluetooth. Phones? Of Bluetooth. My Specifically, heart hurts if like I have my phone up to like my heart or just any part of my body it feels heavy. I think that's a fact. Like I think people probably feel that, whether they realize it or not. I mean these these rays are everywhere, but specifically what was cited in that petition or whatever notification was the fact that these headphones, these new Bluetooth headphones, wireless, those are even kind of, you know, these new types of ways that we're... Surrounding our brain? Yeah, we're literally, yeah, surrounding mm. our brain with Bluetooth waves. Uh, Is that different than Wi-Fi waves? Yeah, maybe? Uh, well, I mean, there, there's, you know, there's this, like, there's this spectrum of frequency that all these different wireless... Uh, devices and sensors used so i think they're different frequencies but you know the radio you know 
your 2.4 gigahertz, you know, kind of old school Wi-Fi to now your 5.0 gigahertz to your Bluetooth. They're all, you know, they all got to be traveling somewhere. Like who said Einstein or like some dinosaur energy can't be, you know, think destroyed. Some, think or some created. dinosaur. <laughs> so the energy's got to be somewhere, you know. Uh, so yeah, I guess with more waves comes more more speed more processing power more ai does that mean more starcraft more starcraft i mean well it depends just kind of two ways you can go about it and i think really the best way is so this google what's the new what's their new product called stadia Together, I think we can create a new games experience and build for everyone. Welcome to Stadia. Our vision for Stadia is simple. One place for all the ways we play, where the worlds of watching and playing games converge into a new generation game platform built for the 21st century to connect game developers with players and YouTube creators in a way that only Google can, creating a richer and more vibrant gaming community for everyone to enjoy. On Stadia, you just need to click on a YouTube video or link, and you can be playing your game instantly, with no download, no update, no patch, and no install. With Stadia, this waiting game will be a thing of the past. Wouldn't it be even more magical if that same game and that same instant experience could be available across any screen in your life? At launch, we'll support being able to play games across desktops, laptops, TV, tablets, and phones. It is not a concept, it is not a test, it is real. When Stadia launches, we will have increased performance significantly to support resolutions up to 4K at 60 frames per second with HDR and surround sound. We couldn't be happier to be bringing Doom Eternal to Stadia and are thrilled to announce that the game will be capable of running at true 4K resolution with HDR color at an unrelenting 60 frames per second. I'd like to introduce you to the newest member of the Google hardware family, the Stadia Controller. The Stadia Controller features two very important new buttons. The Capture button is for saving and sharing your game experience back out to YouTube. And the second one is the Google Assistant button. Instead of grabbing a laptop or a phone, they just need to push the Stadia Controller to get the help from the Google Assistant. But when all of your clients are in the cloud, Couch Multiplayer has new life again through Stadia in what we're calling Stream Connect. With Stream Connect, we're making it possible to realize split-screen multiplayer without any performance penalty. We're always looking for ways to strengthen the connection between creators and viewers. With Stadia and a new feature called CrowdPlay, you'll be able to simply click a button displayed right in the stream and jump in and play with YouTube creator you're watching. Established creators will have new ways to engage and monetize on YouTube with Stadia features. And with aspiring creators, we're going to break down the barrier of entry and capturing content by giving you the ability to highlight, live stream, and capture directly from Stadia. 
today, we are forming Stadia Games and Entertainment, which will build experiences designed exclusively for Stadia. I'm thrilled to announce that Stadia is launching this year, 2019. And together, build a playground for every imagination. Yeah, so the Stadia project, uh, I think I haven't seen it firsthand, so I can't speak to it, but I think the vision of being able to put all of gaming, all $140 billion of the industry into the cloud, and what I mean by that is essentially remove the barrier of needing a console to play a game or remove a barrier from someone watching someone play a game and just connecting everyone uh, is a really interesting idea. Um, I guess like back to the beginning question, what is the product? Like is the product a window into an experience, a gaming experience, right? Wherever you are. Uh, I mean, I don't know the product, if you, the product is twofold and before I would try to define the product, I'd understand the market essentially. And that's kind yeah. of why I keep going back to that 100, like, it's not like they're getting into gaming because it's like, oh, we love video games. It's literally a $140 billion industry. That's a huge industry of money. So the way that they're going to go about this is one is there's a huge opportunity to upend the way the gaming industry is being done. It's so long been dominated by Microsoft, Sony, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. There, there hasn't been any innovation in that field for what? Since we've been kids playing Super Smash Bros. It's years. all the same thing. Controller, system, controller, system. Five years later, new system yeah. with... Decent, but I would still say, you know, you know, generous kind of improvement, graphics improvement, you know. It's kind of considerably better. I saw Kingdom Hearts 1, like, in... Well, yeah, no, no, the, it's gotten better over time, but that's been, what, 10 years of technology? Years. Yeah, that's, I think that's a... I mean, yes, it's obviously happening very effective, and it's happening quickly, but, I mean, I would say phones have gone quicker in terms of... Like the phone 10 years ago compared to the phone today would be completely different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Uh, well, but I mean, I don't know if that's the best example, but all I'm saying is 10 years is kind of like just been a trend. It's a trajectory. I think what Google's trying to do here is completely upend and create a revolutionary transformation of gaming, which is, you know, an interesting idea. You know, right now you need a console. If they completely remove the need for a console and you can play it on your computer, your phone, any system, a television, and all you need is this controller, this $50 controller, and you don't have to pay $400 for a console, that's going to you know, completely change the way people do things. Yeah. And all you need is an internet connection. That's impressive. Uh, you know, it's impressive. They have this... Okay, so that's... Didn't get too deep into it. That's the consumer the market, side. That's yeah. the consumer side. The other market is what's known as IAAS, 
I don't know if there's like a SaaS vernacular for that, but it stands for infrastructure as a service. All right. So they're creating this platform now. Essentially, I don't know too much about it, but they have like a huge kind of data server facility and they measure it in like its output in teraflops. Whereas like Xbox has uh, seven teraflops of like infrastructure and PlayStation has around four teraflops. Like on the console or in their servers? On their servers, correct. This Google uh, Stadia uh, product is going to have like 10.7 teraflops. So considerably larger. Yeah, which obviously is going to be necessary because essentially the, the whole point of it is that you don't rely on your own hardware, but you leverage Wi-Fi and then you leverage this server that Google has, which, you know... I don't I don't even know what a teraflop is. I have no idea. Uh so with that said, you know, if you have this giant server room that has all of this activity and is doing all of this querying and, you know, output and displaying and rendering and data's going from, you know, this way and that, what is, you know, kind of how does that work? You know, what what do you have there? You know, when you have these giant data rooms, what does that represent? When the NSA has, like, these giant data rooms, these giant servers, what does that allow them to do? And that's kind of where I think this infrastructure part comes from. And then somehow you transform that infrastructure into some type of software that's monetizable or that you can break off into its own independent products, maybe. I don't know. Teraflop. A unit of computing speed equal to one million million floating points. So that's 10 to the 12th power. One million million. What's a floating point? Floating point operation per second. I mean, I don't know. We're going to have to take a whole class to understand. Is there a way you can search teraflop equals gigabytes or gigahertz? Uh, I can probably do that. Because that is the only thing that I have like, as a reference point. That's still, it sounds like a crazy amount. So, I mean, I, I think a teraflop would be more accurate to compare to gigahertz, which, com- which the speed. speaks to the speed of which data transfer. Uh-huh. So it's not necessarily a storage unit. I, I said gigahertz afterwards. I messed oh, up. Okay. That. Gotcha. Gigabyte at first. Okay, so then, yeah, I'll just make sure I'm looking at the gigahertz part. Gigahertz is firstly G, as in one billion of the following. Okay. And then hertz per second. So it's a gigabyte per sec, or sorry, a uh, billion hertz, or a billion bytes per second. So one flop is almost equal to a hertz, but there's some action associated with it. Yeah, it says a flop is a specific kind of instruction and tends to take many more cycles than an integer operation. E.g. multiplying an integer may simply mean some bit shift and or a operation. But for a floating point, it's a lot more complicated than that. Seeing as any two floats may have different exponents, so you can't just operate on their mantisas. You'd first need to normalize them into something equivalent before performing the actual multiply. So, in any event, 
lot. They're, they're cranking out this new unit, this new way of measuring data transfer, and they have the latest hardware, and now, you know, a huge conglomerate of servers that are all operating at their own gigahertz, or sorry, their own teraflop capacity to essentially power what they say, America, Europe, Canada, uh, into the future here. And it's crazy because with all that user input, what else can they do? I mean, there's only four buttons on the controller. Yeah, but those buttons represent actions, movements, decisions. It's a lot of input. I mean, so I mean, so just give me you gave me an example earlier, but you know, how do you like, like let's say there's a thousand players playing one game. What does that tell Google? Depends how they play the game, right? And it depends the game. I don't know. They used Assassin's Creed as kind of one of the test pilot games for this service. And in that game, you get to choose different options. It's like, remember those books growing up? Like, create your own adventure? Essentially, you make decisions, and those decisions have certain consequences, and sometimes those consequences are immaterial, but sometimes they're not. But imagine how and how much you could understand from someone if you just made that part of the game, part of their experience so to you're like saying make decisions that the, correlate to what they feel as a person. Exactly. So, well, feel or what they do as a person. So the yeah. inputs of the game... Well, you feel, right? Because you don't actually do anything. You're feeling what you would do. and Well, technically, yeah, but that to your point, the whole extrapolation is saying these inputs in a game represent what... Decisions. Yeah, what exactly. Decisions. What someone's going to do. What someone... We can understand how someone will behave based on the type of decisions they can make. Yeah. You know, we can say that the people who buy action games tend to be overweight i just made that up that's that's like (laughs) that's like a general way of how we do marketing today but now this next level becomes i can tell that individual when this person makes this type of character and on the boss level on the third boss level when they have the option to walk away or kill the boss and they kill the boss and then we look at their shopping history and see that they bought oatmeal dark chocolate from Costco's five months in a row. And then, you know, we can now start extrapolating that they'll probably be a smoker at the age of 37. I don't know. I just, it's, like, it's like, is that where they're trying to go? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, it's not just there, though, right? Like, what's that movie on Netflix where... Black Mirror, where they had an episode where you could select options, it feels like they're getting more adoption and in the process finding out more about us. And it's fun. 
Like I got a hundred hours in Assassin's Creed. I'm not proud of it, but it's definitely been. I got a lot of decisions. That's for a lot me. of trophies. A lot of trophies. A lot of decisions. And it's crazy what like decisions you're making. Right? You have a decision to be a boy or a girl. You have a decision whether to love man or woman. It doesn't matter which boy or girl you... You have to make all those decisions within at the, the beginning game. of the game? And as you progress. It's not static. It's like you just... Right. As you walk, make choices. Walk me and anyone who might happen to listen to this podcast through at least just the concept of what Assassin's Creed is briefly and what the first like five minutes of the game is if if you don't mind all right uh assassin's creed is a video game that is a series actually uh of games which take you throughout the course of history and largely explain a story of competing factions in different parts of history, right? So in the more ancient history, you have a, what would be considered assassins, and they are part of the cult or sect that wants to prevent globalization or control under a single person. And you have the Templars, which are an organization which I would equate to the New World Order. And so you, in present day, go through the DNA of past people to witness and participate in that struggle. So this game, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, is the... This is like the sixth installment? Yeah, probably the sixth. Ubisoft as the publisher of such? Uh, goes back in time to Greece, before the struggle of these two and tries to contemplate where humans came from with like you know the whole atlantis like oh were they gods are they people just from prior past i don't know so anyways that's the premise uh first five minutes you select your character you can be a male character as has been historic in these video games or you can be a female character and in the story they're brother sister so picking one over the other doesn't change the story in the long term but it changes your experience to the story kind of but all the interactions that you have you'd have whether you're a male or female, right? Like wow, that's crazy. I was just thinking about this today. It's like a parallel life lived by two different people, but interconnected. Yeah. I literally had this vision today. It's exactly what it is, right? But and I thought it was like kind of hard to do. Like I thought it made no sense. It doesn't make sense under like old school paradigms, but under new school paradigms, if there's... A male I see character. your first 30 hours. Your first 30 hours was just getting the I, paradigms down, probably. There was an old lady who was having difficulty with her husband, and she wanted a younger person, and the husband encouraged the younger person, and that's just like a mission. But it's weaved so intricately 
between like old school and historic remedies, medicine, as well as kind of the the people aspect, the social aspect, living in those times. Okay. So was there more? I I kind of got sidetracked there, but is that the first five minutes essentially? The first five minutes is picking your character and learning the story uh, of that family and the, of their uh, lineage, their ancestry. Okay. So, like, it's it's almost, you know, is this a game that we're even talking about at this point? Is It's a game for you. It's a game for you, for sure. It's, a, it's an... No, it's entertainment. It's entertain. It's it's something that ten years ago you'd view as entertainment, something to. And I think maybe that's what might be more important because if, from what I understand, is that they're trying to position a streaming gaming service that's on demand and accessible at any time, that models anyway. something similar to what you see from other streaming services such as Netflix. Yeah, but. You know, I mean, so, yeah, to some degree, it's focused on games, the game industry, and essentially humans who will be the players of those games. But to another extent, it's more so of a way of how to share content, have people consume, you know, that content, whether it be information, movies, entertainment, games. You know, even when you're not playing the game, you can stream the game, and then you can watch someone play. Or if you have yeah. a question about a point of a game, you can get assistance. feedback and assistance for that game by plugging into like Google Alexa and saying, "Oh, I'm stuck on this level. What should I do?" What should I do? And you don't have to like search it up anymore, which used to take a lot of time. Or if you're watching your favorite player play a game, I know it's kind of a hard concept for a lot of people to understand, but you know, esports is going to hit a billion dollars this year. I was just talking to Costadina. They have e-sports leagues in college you can get a scholarship to be an oh. e-sports varsity player oh. oh for sure and there's like 150 schools for sure for sure oh no it's definitely ncaa recognized uh endeavor especially with league of legends i think is kind of the number one spot there and uh yeah many all those those out of those 150 schools i don't know how much but i would say probably the majority of them have designated space for where they have the computers the the players stadiums cafes they're, I know in Vegas they're building the stadium. The stadium, their, uh, University of California Irvine. They built like a three thousand person. Oh yeah, that arena. was yeah. I think that was one of the original ones that first kind of got into it. It's crazy. Ah, uh, and then there's even a company called Super League Gaming that uh, essentially uh, rents out movie theater space and transfer transfers or like uh, transitions it into a like you know a gaming event where people can you watch. See screen of that. Exactly. That's, that's yep. cool. Ah, uh, so. No, it's definitely huge, and but imagine watching your favorite, like the best player play like Mario, and then all of a sudden you can just like pick up exactly where that player is and play like that level of Mario if you wanted to. That's crazy. It's, so they're like blending the lines between how we interact with content. And with each other. And with each other. Crazy. So it's kind of like, you know, we filled at Google Play, but, you know. This is a real Google now, Play. Now we're really going to play. Now we're really going to play in the stadium, in the stadia. That's where, cool. Where you're like always that connected. Good name. 
Oh well, I I don't even understand what the name means. Stadia is you know it sounds sounds like stadium, I guess. I don't know how the A would change the the meaning of the word ending, but I see it as a stadium is a place where everyone gets together and watches something, right? And I mean, even when you're at a sporting event, you might be watching the game, but you're also watching that that gent dancing in the in the third row or those girls taking their insta shot man like, yeah, but imagine if you can just like you're in the front row watching like james harden shoot a three and then all of a sudden you can just like become james become harden james harden oh my god that's, that's what they're trying to do so they call that they call they have a phrase for it. it's called state share state share and it's introduced by the legendary game developer dylan cuthbert this feature will let a player instantly share a player a playable moment from a game Think of it as a save state within a classic emulator. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. It's like, remember the old Pokemon? Yeah. You're under the cave, but, like, you have to go to class now. So, like, <laughs> you got to, like, pause your game, save it, and come back, come back to, to it, it five hours later. But someone else can come back to it now. Interesting. Anyway. Interesting. So, another thing that's interesting about this is the performance that the system that's supposed to be released this year is going to have. So they're saying that it's going to support 4k 60 frames per second that's out of the box out of the that's like some of the highest resolution and some of the quickest frame rates that you can even have for a console i had to buy a playstation pro to get that functionality out of the playstation and this is supposed to come out of the box with that with no disney hardware they said they provided a fact sheet about the hardware of those google stadia stacks that are spinning out those teraflops they say these include custom-built AMD GPUs with 56 compute units and integrated HBM2 memory, custom hyper-threaded 86 CPUs that run at 2.7 gigahertz with AVX2 SIMD and a total of 16 gigabyte combined VRAM and system RAM clocked up to 400 gigabytes. So these are single bytes. units, right? Like, and they probably have hundreds of these, right, that are available to a group of uh, they gamers. Say the keynote include well, well, they want to do, what, 7,500 ed- edge nodes closer to players. I don't know 7, what that 7,000? 7,500 edge nodes. I'm not sure exactly what that is. I think, I don't know, but I would assume those to be, like, units closer to the location. That's Well, that's exactly what they're saying. They're also saying... Well, well, this is what happened. They partnered with AMD for the hardware. Damn, I mean so, that's you're not getting a much better graphics processor than that. And you know that that's ten point seven teraflops of power in each instant, actually. So each one of these instances, are, you know, one player is going to get ten point seven designated teraflop. That's a lot of power. So I don't know if our each limited, player, well, each instance. So I don't know if one instance supports multiple players. Or, I got gotcha. you. I got you. That's still pretty crazy. So this person saying he even demonstrated the Stadia on the Pixel 3XL. So yeah. You can do it on your... And that was at a 1080 60 frame rate. So, you know... Bro, I would love... I mean, this is a little smaller, but I could totally see playing a game on this. On your phone? Yeah. 
Just be like Depends on a train. Yeah. Just be on a train. Bust it out. Yeah. Alright, well I like it, Google. Keep gotta keep pushing, you know. I can't get They're taking search over. engines alright, but they gotta they gotta keep moving. They they're taking over, but they've you know they've had challenges in hardware. You know, hasn't remember the Google Glasses? Yeah, but it's clunky. The hardware was clunky, and the software was clunky, and now they're getting it right. I think. Fair enough. So we'll just shoot over. Uh, that's kind of related. Is the DeepMind project? that Google also oversees, which is where a team of researchers train AI to beat uh, beat human players at various games. So the first AI was trained for chess. I think it was chess, yeah. And it played like... Uh, Grandmasters? Yeah, it played like... I can't remember the guy's name, but played uh, several Grandmasters and... I'm pretty sure it beat them. Oh, yeah. And then it moved on to Go, and they codenamed the AI AlphaGo during that period. And it played the like some Chinese guy who was like the best player at Go. It beat him. And then they've now moved it to StarCraft. Progressively getting more complicated in the in the game, right? Like chess has. And we talked about this in the second episode of the uh, podcast here about real-time strategy, making decisions in real time, having scarce resources, needing to, you know, build a base to support other bases, training an army, having to identify your opponent, scouting out what they have, and, you know, building the right counter units to properly control and, you know, essentially get the most resources on the map and overwhelm the enemy and so you have to do all of those decisions all at the same time yeah micro and macro uh and you know new strategies keep changing you keep finding new information you have to keep adapting uh so for you know even uh uh you know a software and ai whatever to understand that aspect or to be able to perform that aspect is impressive let alone to be doing that better than a professional player who has equivalently played like 200 years worth of experience <laughs> at that game i mean they they what play 16 hours a day 16 hours there's 365 days in a year so while you're doing that math then just add what like 10 years for at like least. starcraft 2 at the moment or whatever yeah. So and years before that with StarCraft One, I mean, strategy's been that's true. Long time developing, so it's crazy. At one, right? Do you beat two highly ranked professional players? Yeah. So the only so there was just some limitations there with how quickly uh, this you know this has kind of come about, and you know it's essentially the ability for this software what's known as APM actions per minute essentially when you're playing these games you have to press buttons you have to click the mouse all those each one of those actions translates to this average that occurs over a minute of like decision making of, of decision making of interactions and 
you know, a lot of players just kind of have to spam clicks and actions just to keep their fingers moving, etc. But, you know, you'll get one of these professional players who average at 500 actions per minute, which is super impressive. Yeah. Like, that in itself is 500 actions per minute. What is 60? 60 goes into 500, what, like 10 times? Zero, six, nine, nine times. eight. So it's like nine actions per second, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of action. How many times can you click a mouse per second? Three and maybe hit the button three, six. So maybe you can do that once for like, what, 10 seconds, let alone for two minutes, three minutes. So now you have this AI that can do 1,500 actions per minute. Wow. It's like what the guys say, perfect micro. That you can individually control something yeah. within a larger group control. Yeah, so the DeepMind team, I think they baked in some type of protocol that limited that capability for the most part in that they would kind of create these average intervals that had to sustain only a maximum APM so that you couldn't have like these insane APMs, which was like, you know, over three seconds, you can only do like... 1500 or sorry like certain amount of or, yeah actions. so like per second you can only do 500 like actions and i think they tried did they try to or control no. where you could make actions like did you have to be able to see what you were doing yeah you need to be in the same or you know essentially there's a view that you have on your screen and so they created some equivalent view for the uh ai to be able to do that but just in that, so let's use an example. Like, let's say you can only do 500 actions over three seconds. For a player, that fits into kind of how they already operate. You know, it's like 500 actions over this, you know, this second span. Whereas the AI could literally do, or maybe, you know, as a player, it might not be. As a player, you could do like 200 one second, then you could do like 700 another second, and then you could do like, you know, 800 another second that would still average out to 500 maybe yeah same with the ai but what the ai could do it's it could just do 500 second one or it could do you know like 1500 well i'm actually completely screwing this up but no i get it 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 can it can it's peak more efficient peak apm is just too that's the difference it's the apm is one thing because they can put these processes in place limit apm but making it so that a peak apm spike can happen at any second that's what you know a human can't just do like can't one just second just click it 30 times exactly there's, there's too much you know you might misclick you have to do a little drag to select units you know you even click units perfectly like sometimes you miss unit, you misclick, you're under pressure, you know. Not every decision is so precise. There's that human kind of, even the mechanics of moving your mouse around. Yeah. Takes time. Yeah. You get some sweat in your eye. You're like, ah. Oh, okay. Brush it off. Computer so, isn't getting any sweat in its eye. It's just getting a little cold from its cooling unit. Yeah. So I don't know if there's like any real balance that can be done, but. The whole goal of human or of deep mind and their you know their vision is to make these systems as realistic to human as possible because that's the only way it's going to actually be effective if they're modeling the AI off of real 
kind of human decision making and not just making like the most amazing AI, you know, it's like, or the most like, you know, omnipotent software. Like they want to model it off of like a real human decision making process. That's the goal. Yeah. That, that makes it a real working learning system. Yeah. Question. With all of that in consideration, what is your projection based on Google leveraging DeepMind, Google leveraging a seamless integrated gaming experience? Yeah, I think this is just, gonna, this is the tip of the iceberg. What you're going to have is Facebook, who just saw, uh, you know, Facebook, who, what did Facebook do? They, I think they added like gaming, like streaming to their, they added like an know. official like gaming, uh, like service to their, to their app. Uh, so you can watch there. Amazon owns Twitch, which yeah. is a major gaming uh, streaming service. Apple has been said to be working on some type of gaming streaming service. So you're going to see all these major tech companies now just pile dive into the space. I know Xbox and PlayStation are have to be sweating because now they have major competition. Uh, and mobile phone gaming has kind of been on this huge expansion ever since Farmville. And everyone's <laughs> yeah. grandma started playing the game. Oh my god, Candy so. Crush. Candy Crush, you remember those? Oh, I remember. I remember Candy Crush was bought by Activision Blizzard. Yeah, one of the biggest gaming companies. Who in is the, world. the game publisher of StarCraft? Yep. Uh, Star- and I think, I want to say Assassin's Creed too. No, no Ubisoft. Ubisoft. That's Ubisoft. Now, Ubisoft, their specialty over the past four years has been in not just games, but real world games. They're making games in these open worlds that are modeled off of realistic worlds, both in the past and the present. Remember they made that game uh, Division or something, I think it was called? And they modeled the whole entire New York City into a video game. Oh, wow. And then you could run around there. No, I didn't know that. Oh, wait, Fallout? No, no, the game. Uh, the game. I think Andrew was playing the game. Yeah, Andrew did play. I think that's right. Yeah, it's like they're coming out with a new one. It's going to be in Washington D.C. That's crazy. It's just an entire city that you run around in. Ah, uh, I think Spider Man was similar. Yeah. Now there's the other games, two K NBA games. They just raised the pool for those games to one point two million dollars for the professional players. No way. So they nice. just. They just the first woman NBA two K esports player was drafted because they do drafts for for this league for the esports. Is it five v five? Every right now, every NBA team has an esports team. You probably haven't heard about it. They all have their own two B two NBA two K teams. No way. Which are players who just play the game, not even the actual one. Just play. NBK and NBA, NBA 2K. Yeah. So they just drafted the first woman player who's like, you know, breaking strides for diversity and inclusion That's in the gaming space. So, I mean, and so you can understand how that streaming aspect will work and how that can become much more, you know, part of, you know, even players themselves play these games. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. So are we saying the prediction is uh, gaming kind of takes some of the spotlight that historic sports gaming would take and that we have uh, seamless seamless access to that content it's gonna be cool man because a lot of people even myself like a lot of naysayers on how far gaming can really go because it can never replace football can never replace basketball but gaming is worldwide it's not limited to you and your team in your city it's a global sport I can go to Finland and find gamers. I can go to Korea and find gamers. You can do it anywhere. Too, I can go right? to China and find gamers. Like in your house? I can on the be bench. in America and find gamers. So the market for gaming, just by virtue of the amount of people who are playing it, is huge. Uh, $140 billion huge? $140 billion across you know all the platforms and mobile. Um, and they haven't really even fully gone through the monetizing with the new DLC mechanisms, the in-game item purchases, people just spending their money buying skins, which are, you know, like, let's say you're playing the Spider-Man game and you want the titanium Spider-Man outfit. It's like, sure, I got four bucks, I'll buy it. It's like, okay, maybe it's not that much money, but when you sold, you know, 10 million copies of the game and then 3 million of those people spend $4 for that skin, then... You know, you do the math. You just made $12 million, I think. It's kind of late. Am I doing math right here? No, I think you did that right. Okay. And, and you got it for what? <laughs> Creating a little design. You had a yeah. artist create a new design, and then you sold it. Yeah, that. and there was, sorry, yeah, there was no cost on that one. There was, you know, that's like pure profit right there. Uh, and that's one skin. I didn't tell you, they came out with 300 skins. 300. Well, yeah. I'm just making that number up. No, but no, like, but you like, know. that's a lot of skins to yeah. look through. So that's... I'm at least get five of them, you know? Yeah. So. Gotta look, gotta look styling when you're leaving the house. So, you know, that's, that's, that's gonna grow the industry in itself now with this new software as a service, infrastructure as a service model. It's gonna grow every major company's trying to not just get into the gaming aspect, but the entertainment aspect, streaming it. That's what I'm saying. Like, what if you get. I don't know. If, I think we talked about earlier, like AI versus AI competitions, right? Like the best of the best. If if the AI is better than people, why would you watch people? Why wouldn't you just watch like computers duke it out? I mean, I'm just trying to figure out what would be the right games for that. Like I can, you know, remember like those like old racing car games. Yeah. Or like even like everyone like, knows Mario Kart. Like yeah. sure. I would watch, like, the most competitive Mario Kart race hell that ever existed. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, I would bet money. I would do, like, the eSports betting stuff and, oh like, my God. put yeah. $10 down and make, like, little micro, like, bets on, like, AI games. Have, like, a favorite, like, AI character. Yeah, so I guess just going to step, you just then need to ensure the integrity of the games and make sure, you know, it's not... But then again, it's robots. Like, you got to... You gotta, Worry more about integrity when you're dealing with humans. When you're dealing with robots, you know. You see it. It's there. It's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's, you know, you can't really cheat that. So, yeah. I think, I think gaming is going to become the biggest industry. I think it's going to eclipse 
it's already I think it's already bigger than the movie industry. I was that was the one industry that I was like thinking specific to maybe it not being as big as but I mean hundred forty billion dollars. I think it might be bigger, man. Because the game you sell like one game, it's sixty dollars. The global revenue for games, that's twenty fourteen. U.S. film industry topped forty three billion revenue last year. Study finds. That's forty three billion compared to. We're talking about one hundred and forty. Wait. We're talking about one hundred thirty seven point nine billion dollars. Your film industry. I'm seeing one thirty six here. Where's that coming from? As of two twenty eighteen, the global box office is worth forty one point seven. When including box office and home entertainment revenue, the global film industry is worth one hundred thirty six billion. That sounds about right. So still, I think they're pretty close. Yeah, but you're getting these big box office numbers on the backs of like Avengers. Oh my god! And literally just Avengers, and there was another. There was a Wall Street <laughs> article like these Marvel movies are completely saving Hollywood right now. Yeah. They're literally accounting for like seventy percent of like gross revenues in the year. Like the the amount of money being made in movies is really being isolated to a few. Few. And then you get your nice, good movies like this new, like, Jordan Pill movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you get your good rated movies. But, uh, what's the one that just came out? Yeah, it's this Captain Marvel, like, this yeah. new one. Like, that's what's, that's what's raking in the box office. It's though. crazy, which is kind of also semi-based on gaming, right? Like, not really, but yeah, well, kind of. Well, no, these comics, were comics. Gaming, gaming and culture. Then, before, they were comics, then they were TV cartoons, and then they were games. And then... Now they're becoming movies. I mean, you know, I'm sure they might make it. But, you know, I guess movies don't translate into games as well. And then you got this VR stuff. I think Microsoft just released the new HoloLens 2. Oh, shit. Well, not like released it, but like, you know, released like the information about it, essentially. And creating these immersive experiences. So there's, that's the next step, right? Like, there's gonna be VR a, seamlessly. Well, there's gonna be a Pokemon movie. You hear about that? No. Like starring, a li- starring Pikachu. Like a live action. Like, like uh, animated yeah. or no? Like live action. Like it looks like it's real, but it. No, it's gonna be real because that actor, the guy who's like uh, that Star Wars guy. Okay. The black guy in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And he's, he's in like, uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're he's about. gonna be in this one too as well. Is it going to be Brock? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe it's going to be Ash, bro. Who knows? Like, Maybe it's going to be Ash. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just Who trying knows? to think. Who knows, man? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, the, the lines are blurring here. Games are becoming movies. Movies are becoming games. Books are becoming screenplays. Screenplays are becoming TV shows. Like, Game of Thrones might become a movie. Right? That's weird. Because it's like... It could, right? But there's so much to pack into like one movie. Well, that's what movies are all about. Packing in a whole bunch like, of shit together. Right? Like isolating a moment. Yeah, you could... I mean... It already kind of runs like a movie. It's seven... There was only seasons. six episodes last season, right? Something like that. 
That's a Titanic, man. Like that, See, that's that's a, a that's a quick watch, man. That's that's, <laughs> that's that's easy. That is Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so one season you can do a movie, man. And they're the way that like the amount of money they're spending and the amount of CGI that they're putting in the Millions. television show. Dragons, direwolves, undead, undead, ice dragons, faceless men. Oh man, I can't wait. Just quick question: What would make Arya run? That is of the entire trailer. That is the one question that has. I mean, a lot of things would make her run. No man. Do you have it? Bring the trailer up. I haven't seen the trailer. the trailer. All right, I'll show you the trailer. It's like the opening scene, and I see that, and I'm like, Arya's too badass. What would make her run? Like she she saw the dragons and she smiled. Like, she smiled. Like, it was amusing to her. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if she's running with fear or just running because oh. it's strategic. Well, we'll see. It's coming. Serving, serving up hot. Winter's coming or spring's coming? Oh, uh, winter. Speaking of spring, it's like the spring equinox and a full moon happening. What? On oh, March? March 22nd, 23rd? That sounds awesome. Uh, so what are we looking at? Uh... Game of Thrones. When is the spring equinox? March 20th. Oh, it's yeah. today. Yeah, it's a full today? moon outside and it's oh, spring equinox. I saw it. Oh, it's spring equinox. Oh, here it is. You hear her? Alright, let me get on. No way. That's, a, that's cool. Yeah, I saw the full moon earlier. Alright, connecting TV to the TV. Let's see. Taking a second. Uh, Man, you gotta get your tear flops up. Bro. I know. <laughs> just gotta get your tear flops up, son. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that this is definitely not seamless. Might have to name the podcast Tear Flops. Getting my tear flops up. Oh, yeah, shout out to Temple, too, by the way. Oh, man. Gotta oh, work on bro. those layups, though. Gotta work on those layups. If you can't make your layups, then you ain't going to have an easy win. That's for sure. NCAA Division One, You got to bring it. Can't be coming up weak in the paint. Yes, sucks. They, it looked like they were going to do it and get pull off that victory and didn't quite work out that way. Casting screen to living room TV. What's going on right now? I know does. Casting Ooh. has ended. Do you want to try and catch? Uh, are you on my Wi-Fi? Maybe not. No. Yeah, I can just watch off your phone. Alright. Let's see here. That's cool. Little flower there. That's new.
senza biglietto. Final season. It's gonna be a hell of a week. Hell of a week. That's uh, less than a month away now. Less than a month away. Game of Thrones. I don't know if I want to watch it episode by episode. Although I'm going to, I just uh, don't know if it's my thing. You have to. It's gonna be spoiled by some inconsiderate people. Me, me, potentially included by accident. That's yeah, true. Should be like a way to block to it block all. Block spoilers from your mind, from listening, from hearing it. Should be like a Men in Black like <laughs> electric dildo that zaps your brain. Man, that'd get to it. It's like, damn, you ruined it. Now you... I gotta zap myself today. <laughs> <laughs> you can use that for a whole bunch of things. Oh no, my it. god. It's a, a good patent. Ignorance is bliss. That'd be the slogan for sure. <laughs> They're like, eight, ten oatmeal raisin cookies today? Yes. Don't worry about it. Hit this. Maybe that's what cannabis is going to do, actually, now that I think about it. All this legalization. You hear about the new drink? No. It's going to be a cannabis infused and alcohol infused drink. Oh, wow. Get drunk and high at the same time. That's a. Uh... Intense. That's like the spins. I mean, usually you'd have to smoke and drink. And drink, and now you just. Single, now you just drink. Single use. Yeah, that's impressive. Would you What's drink next? something like that? I'd try it. Yeah. <laughs> what would you What would you expect from it? Like, would you do it like chilling, or would you do it to be going out? Like partying. I would never try something like that. But well, probably prefer not to try it like that for the first time. So more just in the comfort of your own home, watching like a movie. More controlled, Game of Thrones, preferably. More controlled experiment. Game of Thrones, preferably. Yeah, I can imagine, man. Alright, with that, I think we can go to bed and say fair ado. Good night, y'all.
and bring the change that this country has long needed. Thank you all for being here. What our campaign is about is not just defeating the most dangerous president in the history of this country. It is about transforming this country. It is about creating an economy and a government that works for all of us, not just the 1%. Five years, there has been a class war waged against the working families of this country by the billionaire class and the corporate elite. Well, we got the bad news for them. are going to change, and we're going to have a government of working people, not the 1%. by thanking our great musicians, Anik Khan and Mac, for their great music. Thank you, guys. Let me thank my wife, Jane. whose father was a cab driver from Brooklyn and who is going to make an outstanding first lady for our country. Let me thank my four kids and seven grandchildren. This is a family you will be proud of. Michael's father worked on an assembly line to General Motors, Flint, Michigan. Michael knows what side he is on. Let me thank Mayor, the Mayor of San Juan, Puerto Rico, Carmen Yulín Cruz, who has stood up to Trump in our fight for justice for the people of Puerto Rico. I want to thank the means for being one of the co-chairs of our campaign. Let me thank Senator Nina Turner. Nina grew up in a low-income family in Cleveland. And at the age of 14, started working part-time jobs in order to support her family. Nina knows which side she is on. Who in my time of illness 
send me and my family their prayers and well wishes and their love. I thank the world to Jane and me, and I thank all of you so very much. And along with the great medical care that I received, I am happy to report to you that I am more than ready
feeds their families, not in adversity. Today in America, 87 million of our people are uninsured or underinsured, unable to go to the doctor when they get sick. Because the United States maintains the most dysfunctional and cruel healthcare system in the world. That is Today in America, in a country that once led the world in terms of the quality of our educational system, billions of working class families are desperately searching for affordable childcare. Hundreds of thousands of bright young people are unable to fulfill their dreams because their families cannot afford the outrageous cost of higher education and tens of millions struggle with the oppressive burden of student debt. Today in America, millions of senior citizens are unable to afford the prescription drugs they desperately need because our government has allowed the crooks in the pharmaceutical industry to engage in price-fixing and political bribery while at the same time Trump and the Republicans are desirous of cutting Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security for our But in the midst, as all of you know, of all of this suffering, there is another reality which is taking place in this country. And that is that while the working families of America have seen virtually no increase in their inflation accounted for income over the last 45 years, the top 1% now have more income and wealth than they have ever had before in the history of this country. And brothers and sisters, Congress may not talk about it, the media may not talk about it, but not only will we talk about income and wealth inequality, we are going to do something about it. Today, unbelievably, while we have the highest rate 
of childhood poverty of almost any major country on earth. 25 hedge fund managers make twice as much money as all of the kindergarten teachers in America. We are going to honor our teachers. Today, the three wealthiest Americans own more wealth than the bottom half of American society. The top 1% have seen their wealth increase by $21 trillion over the last 30 years. Gonna get it all anymore. Today, all overdue is coming to the United States of America. Not just wealth, it's income. Today, while so many people in New York State, in Vermont, all across this country are working two or three jobs to put food on the table, 49% of all new income goes to the top 